Hey everybody, Jeff here from Lead Volunteers. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Josh and I, in efforts to be as safe and responsible as possible, have been recording from the comforts of our own homes rather than getting together in person with each other. And we've been taking advantage of the gift of technology and what a gift it is when it works how you want it to, right? Um, well, after we finished recording, we realized that the tech monster had grabbed hold of us and we didn't get Josh's audio recorded with the correct microphone, which kind of a bummer, but thankfully not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. The good news is we were still able to get Josh's audio and even though it might not be as crispy as usual, the content and the wisdom itself is still just as crispy. And so let's jump right in to this week's episode of the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. My name is Josh Denhart and I'm super excited actually to be here with you folks. Um, we have had a lot of fun with the podcast and it's super, super encouraging when people get a hold of us and let us know that the podcast is making a difference in their lives. Hey, listen, if you are finding that the podcast is bringing value to you, number one, let us know. Reach out, whether it's through Facebook or through an email or, or comment on uh, the, the Facebook post itself. In addition, invite a friend. If this has been a blessing to you, send it to, to someone else. Well, Jeff, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited for another recording day. Today, we're talking about this idea that blocks don't stack themselves in ministry. Just this idea, it, it reminds us that ministry, it, it isn't a short game of just quick fixes and ideas that magically build health and things like that, but it, it's a long game. And yeah. uh, if you really, if you see health in ministry, kind of behind the curtain is more than likely a, a bunch of different years of <sighs> diligent and intentional work that got them there. And we like to call those different blocks. And so we see that they were stacked throughout the years, and so we're going to talk about that today. And so if you want to dive right in, Josh, could you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, you know, God has created the universe in such a way that things go from order to disorder. They go from order to chaos. It literally takes effort to build a ministry, um, like it takes truly effort to build much of anything, right? Now, not to get too technical or scientific, but I do come from a science background in physicists called this the second law of thermodynamics, meaning that it takes energy to take blocks and stack them on top of one another. It doesn't magically happen on its own. Blocks are far more likely to fall over than they are to somehow magically stack themselves. Obviously, this is a good case of the normals, but I, I want to apply it today to a ministry context because ministry takes work mm -hmm. and it takes effort. Literally, ministries don't build themselves. If you were walking into a a brand new ministry, uh, you are new to this particular job or this situation, you're going to find yourself looking to make your life easier in your own personal ministry context. I don't think for a minute that anybody wants to have their life be hard. But don't think for a moment that it's going to happen on its own. Blocks don't stack themselves. If you want to reap the benefits of an orderly, systematic, and well-oiled and well-defined ministry, it's going to take work. Um, it's going to take effort. And by the way, nobody's going to do it for you. Jeff, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. I love, I think it took you about 30 seconds to jump into scientific. Yeah, terms, right. Talking about the law of thermodynamics. But yeah. in terms of, I, I think you're totally right. Like 
I've seen this play out in my ministry, ministries all around us. And so what what would you say is the hardest part about this concept, the, the stacking of the blocks for ministry yeah. leaders? Yeah, I would say this whole thing, all of life, all of ministry, it's hard. Let's just set that out there and start right there. The quick fact is this whole thing is an uphill battle. There are no instant results. Building anything of quality takes time. Uh, Long-term goals, well, they are long-term things that have to be set up with multiple steps and it takes an, an insane amount of time and focus and dedication. And I've often seen ministry leaders who have looked in, Jeff, from afar, to see what took me and my team a decade of diligent labor to create. And they've been frustrated. They've scoffed. And I'm I'm telling you, they've even gotten angry. And my response is that blocks don't stack themselves. It took an immense amount of energy and intentionality to get things to where they were that caused somebody else to notice. It did not happen on its own. But I got to tell you, you got to start someplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I like that. You have to start somewhere because there's no instant results, right? And you just you factor in like the insanely high ministry turnover rate and like i don't yeah. know it, just, it gets you thinking like this this means you, you might not even see some of those long-term goals come to fruition in your own ministry because you know there's turnover yes. which can be frustrating at times i'm sure that you like you want to see the results of your ministry but how how does this concept change the future for your ministry well You know, Jeff, you're right. And I think that you brought up an interesting point that high turnover is really, really, really a painful thing, right? And and it can short circuit the idea of actually truly building something. But I think that I'm the type of person who wants to do something one time really well and have a payoff and pay me back really in a sense for years to come. Let's talk landscaping for a second, right? You have some Mm -hmm. stones, some yard stones that you want to set. Um, you go to your backyard, right? Um, and there's one way to set these stones. And you can set the bottom stone and then set other stones on top rather quickly. Maybe there's some grass already growing. You just lay it on top. Well, that's pretty quick. It's fairly likely that I'm I'm going to have to return to this set of blocks that I stacked in kind of a haphazard way and got it done quickly. I'm going to have to come back to that part of the yard sooner than later. Now, the other approach is to dig a trench, pour in some two-inch gravel, pound it down, and then we fill it with one-inch gravel and some sand on top, pound that down, and I might put a layer of landscaping cloth, right, to make sure that it stops any random grass or weeds from coming. Here's the deal. The extra time up front can make a whole bunch of difference. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Both of these structures will fail and fall according to the second law of thermodynamics. But I imagine that one would certainly last longer. So how does this concept concept change my ministry? For me, I want to take an extra measure to make sure that it lasts as long as it can before. Because it's, it's, it's inevitably going to fall. But I want to do it my, my, my best job on the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes total sense. And I, I was thinking too, just... I wanted to ask this question, uh, even though, I mean, this all seems pretty straightforward, but what advantage do you have if you build it right and, you know, to keep going with the analogy, if you are stacking these blocks, you know, what is the advantage of doing that uh, a little more securely from the start? Yeah, I mean, if they're set super securely the first time, I can put my hand on what I would call tier two items that need to be addressed and I can even get to tier three items 
before having to stop everything and stop the whole show and go mm -hmm. back and reset those initial blocks. If I set them right the first time, right, I, I it's it's gonna it's gonna be a, a lot longer before I have to go back and address that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Could could you if you take a second and kind of walk us through some of those practices that you've implemented that that have paid off long term and and you mentioned the kind of a multiple tier system and kind of walking us through that too. Yeah, yeah. So it's here's the interesting thing. I would say as I got to thinking about this, it's hard for me to categorically say, well, this is a tier one thing and this is a tier two thing. In other words, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's far more ministry dependent and context driven than anything. However, there are several big factors that I would want to influence that should influence, I guess, where I would start. I would say first, immediate needs, right? Think of like a wartime or battlefield medic. They, they must implement this thing, Jeff, I'm sure you've heard of it, called triage or the prioritization mm -hmm. of urgent needs. A battlefield situation, yeah. here we are. I imagine that most injuries are on, on the more of an urgent side, right? However, there might be some that are more urgent than others. And that medic, he can't be at three places at one time. Therefore, he has to make some rather painful choices and what needs to what is absolutely first priority okay however i can also look at this in terms of what would be the quick and yet significant win i like to think of this as the dave ramsey approach when he talks about the debt snowball theory right so mm -hmm. he does not want people to tackle the biggest debt first rather finish the smallest one which frees up more money to be placed toward another debt and so on so you can you can stack blocks you can stack blocks or tackle a problem You'll likely, here's the fact, you'll gain back some time. And that time can be leveraged towards something else. So maybe it's immediate needs. Maybe it's quick wins. Uh, I, I think that's kind of a, a way to start, Jeff. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of saying there's a little bit of everyone has their own yes. certain tier one and tier two. It, it It's not kind of a, a cookie cutter. No, it's not type of thing but I, I'd love to kind of push you a little bit and, and help us think a little practically sure. and maybe talk through some of the things that for you the the things that you tackled first and second um, I know maybe that could kind of help spark some things in us as, as we're thinking about this but what item what were those items that ended up you know you mentioned earlier making people jealous or even sure. angry <laughs> in your ministry, what are, what were some of those accomplishments and how did you make that happen? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that when I started as a kid's pastor, it was at a, was at a rather large church and it was completely a mess. That's another whole podcast episode, right? But there were dozens <laughs> of things that were that, that needed immediate attention. And I was, as you know, to go with that other analogy, I was that battlefield medic with dozens and dozens of urgent and dying patients. Hmm. I mean... Mm -hmm. Hard, can, I, right? can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. What, what were some of those pressing needs? Okay. Um, and this is in like, this is a no, this isn't an order of urgency. These are just like this, like I'm throwing them all out there. So no check-in oh, yeah, no, system for kids. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. It'll be helpful for, for all of us. We've got, everyone's got their own problems and their own things. So exactly. So just, these are in no particular my, If anything, order. it'll be good for everyone to hear like, Oh, good. Okay, good case of the normals. Yeah. Everyone, we've got problems. So this was a rather big church, right? And they did not have a digital check-in system. And it was like literally in the dark. 
Uh, so no digital check-in system for kids, no technology of any sort in any of the main classrooms, any classroom at all, bare walls, beige and bland everywhere, um, an antiquated Sunday school system in a Sunday school model. It was like two adults with 45 kids. It was hmm, wow. like people clawing literally to get out. Um, an outdated Christmas program that needed to go. Um, I'm wondering if I should continue because that's <laughs> literally just scratching the surface. I'll, I'll say another one. The budget was in absolute disarray, completely chaotic. And so it was mm. It was really, really, really hard. Shall I continue? No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I think we get the picture there. But uh, what, did, what did you do? I mean, you're faced with all of these problems. How did you move forward? Yeah, we did have a lot of problems, Jeff. However, we needed to start somewhere. We needed, for, mm-hmm. in my context now, right? I'm talking about for me and the discernment that I tried to apply, right? We needed some big wins. And we needed big wins that could free up time. But we also needed big big wins that would showcase movement. We wanted to like have something to show for our efforts, right? So we implemented mm-hmm. right away with the proper check-in system. Now, understand this was 15 years ago. Yet this church was majorly behind the times even 15 years ago. So we did it right, and I had a volunteer build a nice set of custom and movable carts to hold all this technology, right? We bought used yet super functional computers, completely stripped them down. Only thing we had was the software needed to run check-in. Uh, we put together an airtight plan for training, onboarded key volunteers, like had test meetings with people because we knew there were going to be glitches. And so we did all of this Mm pre-testing. And we only had one chance to get it right, you know? So we basically obsessed and tried to get it right. Nice. How how long would you say that took you? Um, If I were going to be honest, from start to finish, it took about eight or nine months easy. This was Mm -hmm. a major, major, major initiative. Um, Our next big move after the check-in system was to completely overhaul Um, how Sunday school went, and we also increased the technology in all of the big rooms. So literally, we just kept chipping away at some things, some of the big things, bit by bit. They were definitely things that were observable, but like it was so hard, Jeff, because basically everything needed to be touched and addressed, but you literally can't do it all at once, right? Yeah, and I mean, I, you kind of just answered the, the next question I have. Why is it so important that we stack these foundational blocks in our ministries right. kind of piece by piece? And again, you mentioned that you can't do it all at once. But No, you can't. You can't. Well, let, let me turn that around, Jeff. Um, you've been in ministry for a long time. Why do you think it's important to have some of these foundational <laughs> blocks before we just start going off willy-nilly? What's your thoughts? Well, that's fair. I thought I was the host of the podcast. That's, <laughs> yes, that's a fun question. Um, I don't know that. Uh, I guess what I'd how I've tried to approach ministry uh, failed many many times over and over. But I tried to to come back to this is just the reminder that it's it's not about us. Yeah, I guess it's kind of how I'd start it. It's not about the quick results or things like the shiny little gadgets yep. which you've talked about on podcast in the past but it, it it's about eternity it's about health it's about being image bearers of christ and representing him and it's yep. about recognizing that it isn't like it isn't our ministry by any means it's god's ministry and, and the reality is that someone else is gonna step into this role someday we, we're not gonna be pastors forever we've got the the death rate is still the same <laughs> it's one per person and like if, if even if we write it out until like 
death, whatever it is, we're, we're not going to be in this role forever. That's and someone's right. got to step into it and we want them to s- step into something thriving, uh, something healthy. And so I, I've tried to always keep that perspective in mind when I'm thinking about kind of the foundations of my ministry. Cause I, I get, even I just said the word my ministry, the the ministry I'm in charge of now because I know it's not mine. It's not uh, going to be mine forever. It's it's God's, and I'm just the yeah. one kind of carrying it for now. You're yeah, like I like that idea that that you're responsible to carry it right now, and that's not going to be forever. Um, and you want to be found faithful, right? Um, mm-hmm. I do like what you said, and it gave me like some emotional warm fuzzies, right? That this is about eternity, and that. This isn't that podcast, but God, wow, we really need to think about that, that it is about eternal things. It's not about being a bank teller and having a really nice set of systems that help manage and push paper through, okay? I mean, this is way bigger than that. So I, I, I fundamentally agree, Jeff. I, I'm grateful that you just shared that. Um, the last thing that you said uh, demands repeating. You said something along the lines of someone else will step into your role someday and you want them to step into something's thriving and has a sturdy foundation. And my encouragement, mm-hmm, right, yeah. is is that you start with the healthy foundation of first things first, right? Begin your ministry processes and your systems so that you can have them set up and they are very, very, very foundational blocks that other blocks can easily be set on. Blocks literally don't stack themselves. But once I stack a block, once I get it stacked, I want it to remain and not be prone to fall over. I want it, as you said, Jeff, you know, you're going to, it's inevitable. You're going to hand this ministry off to somebody. And if I do a good job, it's going to be handed off in a more stable way, right? Sloppy ministry is going to lead to chaos and disorder. It's only going to have to be cleaned up. That's one of my main ideas, right? Is that I want to touch it really well once. I'll have to come back, but I'm not going to have to put as much energy. I want to spend more and more time and more and more energy creating a system that's going to pay future dividends, right? Um, basically, everything like what you just said, right? <laughs> oh, well, thanks. Um, you bet, man. But yeah, yeah, I guess the next question... I. I think that's a really good picture of the vision for our ministry, but I, I do want to get practical and, and kind of hopefully give something tangible for us to take away from this podcast. And yeah. you just, we, we've kind of mentioned that vision and even touched on it a little, but really what are some of those first blocks that you'd encourage our listeners to lay down? Yeah, I think we need to consider two big buckets, people and processes. I'm going to say that again. Think of this, like literally, if you're listening to the podcast, think of your two hands, people on one side and processes on the other. We need to lay intentional blocks in each of those areas and we need to likely lay them immediately. Ministry is about people, but it's also about process, right? And I want to I want to prioritize building processes so that it affords me more time to focus on people. I can't state that any louder Ministry is not about pushing paper. It's not about making sure that the machine and the gears work perfectly. The point of having the gears and the the systems work perfectly is so that I have margin to do the things that I can't Mm. automate, which is dealing with hurting people, helping people to grow to the next level and the next step. You can't automate caring for people. You can't systemize true heartfelt shepherding care. That takes me that takes my soul. Now, if I'm going to be strung out and burned out because my processes are a total and complete mess, I can't love and shepherd 
as well. Does that make sense, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to stick on this for a second because I think sometimes we get it in our head or we read a the blog post or whatever about how processes are the enemy of ministry because they're taking us away. We're too worried about the event or the thing yep. or the process or the the kind of paper, the behind the scenes, the administration, and it distracts us from the real ministry that we're doing and it distracts us from the people when in fact you're saying the exact opposite and I could yes. not agree more because yes. if you have that well-oiled machine, you have those blocks laid down, that really is going to free you up so you can focus all of your margin, all of your time on people because yes. you don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. Yeah, And that, that's something that I think yeah, going through Bible college, you get the the freshman 101 level class theologians that are, they have the whole world figured out and they're telling you, all right, we got to do it this way and this way. And you kind of have that idea in our head. And it wasn't until a few years into ministry where I started to realize like, oh, they're, this process, these processes, they're not the enemy no. um, at all. I actually need to take advantage of them so I can start doing ministry Uh, the ministry that I want to do and that's for people. And so, yes. And and I think you're right, Jeff. And I think that we can view the systems as our servants. We can view the systems as our servants. Now it was funny. We're slightly off topic, but, but not off topic. Um, You know, my wife reminded me the the other day that you can't, you can't prepare when the couple who has an absolute marital tragedy in their life and they show up at your doorstep true story not made up they show up at your doorstep the night before school starts for your four children that's a big deal in our home the night before like the first day of school <laughs> and it's 9 30 at night and we have spiritual emergencies in this family's life i want to be 100 present and that takes me in my soul. There is no system that can take care of that. It takes human to human. Like the high priest Jesus, right? He suffered many things and he understood because he took on human flesh. Like I have to be physically present. There is no system that I can build that can make that happen. But if I am completely dogged out and I come home dragging my tail because the paper process that I have is extracting energy from my soul, I'm not going to have as much as I wished I would when I need to deal with spiritual emergencies. And isn't that why I'm in the ministry anyway? Exactly. Absolutely. You need well-laid blocks in both areas. That's right. And process. I love that. And so just as, as we close things up, just one last question. Are there, are there any final words of wisdom that you could give us in this area around this topic that you want to mention? Yeah. The thing that I would say to people, I want everybody to hear this. We need to pick something to address, really anything, okay? And carry that one thing to full completion. Now that I think is, 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 is a hallmark of what I seek to do in my very own life, right? If I touch it, I want to carry it through, right? So sure, you can use discernment and wisdom as to where to start. I really don't care. I just want you to start, but not partially finish. I'm telling you, it sounds a lot harder um, than it is, right? Or excuse me, it is a lot harder than it sounds. In addition, we, we need to think of this as, this isn't another important piece, Jeff. We need to think about this as incremental improvement. We shouldn't obsess over one area to the disservice of another area. Hear me out. If area number one needs an upgrade, you might want to think of it 
um, like as a level one upgrade. Hear me out real quick. Or an A, 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 a tier one upgrade, right? In 16 months from now, you might circle back and bring that area to a level two upgrade. My idea then mm-hmm. is that you're, let's say that you have six different things and you're going to move all of them to level one. And then now that you have margin, you're going to circle back in this big circle and you're going to readdress and you're going to do this continual improvement. That's like this incline that's circling around the ministry. I think it's about continuous improvement. You're never going to take one thing to absolute perfection. So number one, you got to start someplace. Number two, you need to finish that one thing in hopes that it's going to provide you energy. And then you go through this process of continual improvement. Does that make sense to you, Jeff, about the continual mm-hmm. improvement part? Yeah, it, it really does. And I, I think it's hopefully going to be helpful for, for all of our listeners. And I know when, I, when I've done this and you kind of get out of the, the short-term mindset that yes. we're in and we think more of a long, think of our ministry in more of a long-term kind of perspective that's that's when you can see those small incremental changes you can start laying those blocks and yes. and see that um you know just produce for you in the future over and over again i think that's it's right. incredibly helpful for us and so kind of again i already said last question but last final final question uh, <laughs> Do, do we have to do all of this from scratch? I, I think this can sound like an intimidating thing, just like yeah. Josh and Jeff standing here telling us to overhaul our ministry and do everything from scratch. But do we really need to reinvent the wheel over and over? Or, you know, what are some resources that we can learn? Uh, or Yes. Yeah, learn about or, or lean on to help us create these foundations um, and these sturdy blocks in our ministry. Yeah, I would say two things. Um, unless you're at a church plant, and you're the first person to ever hold this role, somebody probably came before you. So they may not have set it up exactly the right way, but there's usually a starting point. That's first. Um, in addition, if you're at a, if you're at a, a church plant, there's people who have gone before you not at your church. But I would say we do not, in essence, have to start from scratch. We should be able to learn and lean into the wisdom and experiences and 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 discernment of others who've gone before us. Now, in all honesty, this is why I created leadvolunteers.com. It is a resource that helps ministry leaders, number one, get organized, number two, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and number three, prevent burnout. Lead Volunteers is this master level course, course, and it's jam-packed with done-for-you resources that you could literally print and seek to implement a strategy that very afternoon. You don't have to start from scratch. You can actually have a jump start and really make some progress and make it pretty fast. So if anybody out there is looking for a tried and true system for both the people side of the ministry, as well as the process side of ministry, I got to be honest, lead volunteers just might be for you. So my encouragement, please go to leadvolunteers.com today, share this podcast with someone, Uh, But at the end of the day, Jeff, you and I are both very, very, very committed to help people make their ministry lives a little easier. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We we are excited that this podcast, every little comment, every encouragement we see, we get maybe way too giddy about.